Just keep looking at me. No one else matters. Do you want to take this opportunity to return upstairs and very clearly fuck with my whole family here? Very few attempt to outwit me, and even fewer succeed. I'm afraid I've locked myself into doing these intros. Once again, all the young ladies and gentlemen of highest regard must try and find their perfect match. What level of social standing can these young ladies achieve based on the wealth of their families and how good their breasts look shoved into their throat? I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yours truly, Lady Whistledown. It's Bridgerton, Season 2. Center cut. I'm Lady Whistledown. And I am just Michael. I don't have any fancy preamble about how much I hate British people this time. We have a lot to cover today. And if you haven't checked it out, we did cover season one. Some things of note. I went back and, and listened to that episode. It's been so long ago, I didn't even remember what we talked about. And there was a point in which I talked about Simon shooting his load. And I said, we have to cancel the podcast because it's gotten too inappropriate. And if any of you listened to our center chat last week, obviously things have gotten much more out of hand since then. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I went back. We watched all of season one. Some things of note. I actually didn't end up hating the Featheringtons as much as I thought I hated the Featheringtons, which is weird. There was one episode that was just basically porn. Uh-huh. And then the the scene of Daphne, you know, doing the, the bad thing to Simon wasn't actually as bad as people made it out to be. I agree. He's a big boy. He could have thrown her off if he wanted to. But he didn't. Exactly. So, like, in the back of his head, he, he wanted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, it's not fine, but what is it as bad as everyone made it sound? And that's that. I agree, David. So, today, we watched the first episode and the last episode of season two of Bridgerton. And we're going to recap those ends. And then we have some many questions about the middle to help quiz us. And we're going to find out we're wrong eventually. Yeah. And since you went back and listened to our season one episode, you know that Bridgerton is a Netflix series based off of a novel series of the same name by Julia Quinn. Season two has actually aired pretty recently on March 25th of this year. It won the heart of audiences, but not critics as much this season. It did better than season one by 4% with the audience, but did worse by 10% season over season for critic scores. This season stars most notably Jonathan Bailey as Anthony Bridgerton and uh, Simone Ashley as Kate Sharma. Among others, you know, the most other notable person I would say this season, it, it revolves around Eloise a little bit, played by Claudia Jesse, but we have a little bit of everybody in here. Sure do. Are we ready to do this thing? Let's do it. All right. Episode one, titled Capital R, Rake. Oh, my lord. Oh, my lord. Oh, my lord. Oh, my lord. I forgot how bright everything in this show is. It's so bright. It's so good. The Bridgerton gang's all here waiting on my favorite sister, Eloise, to leave her room for the showing for the queen. Penelope, a.k.a. Lady Whistledown, the gossip monger, has been silent since last season, and we learn that the Featheringtons are waiting for a new man to lead the estate since Papa died in the season one finale. It's hard to believe that there's like no drama that exists outside of this season that Lady Whistledown, a.k.a. Penelope, would want to write about. Well... Isn't it that she was away? Like they went on like a summer trip to not in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because England sucks. Daphne tries to prep Eloise on the way to the queen. I love how 
anxious Elle gets. It's so cute. I like Eloise. Yeah, I like Eloise a lot, too. Anthony, the eldest, has decided to marry this season, and he's got a list. It's a solid one. Tolerable, dutiful, big hips, and half a brain. I check all of those boxes. Well, except maybe the tolerable one, but... The half a brain one. Yeah, I have a full brain. (laughs) Okay, whatever you say. Eloise is making her entrance to show off her wares to the queen when a servant barges in with the newest whistle-down pamphlet for the queen who calls a stop to the girl parade to go read it, much to Elle's delight. (laughs) I love how the queen just fucking cancels everything because this little pamphlet came and she's so excited about it. Yep, and then the other servants bring pamphlets on silver platters for the guests, and I just hate rich people. It's a piece of paper. I hate rich people. I hate them. I mean, the servants can't touch them. Gross. I don't want their hands to touch the things that my hands are going to touch. They're in gloves. Don't care. You don't know where those gloves have been. Cleaning my toilets and stuff. Uh, Gross. We get our weird tree intro and see the gossip rag being rampantly spread, including to a fancy dude in purple who looks suspiciously like Willy Wonka. Love it. A classical version of Stay Away by Nirvana. Odd. Plays as we get a montage of Anthony working through his list of interviews for his open wife position. His requirements are daunting, and it's not going well. He also pays a lot of bills and ladies of the night in the meantime. My thing, though, is like, what's so bad about knowing what you want? Like, and it's not like he's some schlub. Like, he's the eligible bachelor. Why not be picky? I don't think there's something necessarily wrong with being picky and wanting to find someone that, you know, would appreciate and like being around. The way that he's approaching it, though, is very transactional, right? Like, he doesn't care about love or any of that bullshit. It's just like, I want to find a woman who's going to give me a, a a good air. And he's starting to kind of tip towards the direction of Simon's dad, which fuck that guy from season one. But I think that it's just, it, it comes off a little douchey when you're just like, I, give me, I want to make sure I get the best candidate for giving me the best child to continue my family's name. Get the fuck out of here. I don't think it's all about the air, though. Yes, that's part of it, but I also think he wants to be able to enjoy himself around this other person. Yes and no. I think hey, the way he positions it here a few times in the beginning episode, I feel like it was mostly about his air. I, I don't know, because he cares about how they dance and shit. What the hell does that have to do with his air? It doesn't. It doesn't. He just wants someone who is talented, coordinated. <sighs> I don't know. I just, I'd rather be single than settle, says the man who has a wife that doesn't even like him. Oh, no. (laughs) Riding at dawn, Anthony has a chance encounter. Nay, it was fateful. Get it? Nay, because they were on horses. Yeah, good horse joke. (laughs) God. Uh, It's a wonder your wife doesn't like you. (laughs) (laughs) He meets Kate, and it's immediately heavy-handed and clear that she is the season's love interest. Oh, yeah. A.K.A. Simon, but with breastuses. As soon as she turns around, you're like, yep. Yep. That's She's the, the one. one. Kate and her sister, but not sister, Edwina Sharma, are staying with Lady Danbury for the season. We also meet her dog, Newton, and I agree with Lady Danbury's face. Ew, dogs. Oh, fuck you. That corgi's adorable. <laughs> It doesn't look like Kate and Danbury will get along too well because she doesn't like to be told what to do and isn't here to be courted like Edwina. It also seems like she's very confident that like she is going to be the one who is guiding her sister to finding a husband. Mm-hmm. And Miss Danbury definitely wants to get involved in that. So Correct. Eloise talks shit to Penn about Whistledown. Good. 
and the poor Featheringtons need to eat potatoes and sell all their stuff. And that's why I hate Penelope. She's got loads of cash under the floorboards, and she's making her mom sell their heirlooms. Yeah, but would you give would you give a shit about your family if that was your family? Because I am still a child who's not wedded, and I'm still part of that family, and and how they do is how I do. Yes, I yes, guess I if do. you're if you're worried about your family's standing, yes. But I also do feel like her mom is kind of being upfront about it and kind of also trying to hide how bad they're doing at the same time. It was like this weird thing. Like I couldn't tell if the rest of the family was in the know about how bad off they were or not. She's clearly talking about it in front of them. She even asks Penelope how much her books could get. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> also, I know she's not a good person. But Lady Featherington's dresses still fire. She's got no, that drip. Garbage. She's got that Absolute drip. Garbage. She got that drip. I love them. It's time for Danbury's Ball. And my favorite part of both episodes, the string version of Material Girl. So mm. good. We meet the Marquis of Ashdown, a truly nightmarish little child suitor. And <laughs> <laughs> Lady Bridgerton announces to the whole place that Anthony's looking for a downstairs garage to park his you-know-what for good. What a fucking move. I love this move. <laughs> I like It was pretty mom. good. Yeah. Yeah. And all the eligible bachelorettes descend upon him like vultures. Mm. The Featheringtons are too poor at the moment to provide a dowry to the Finches, so daughter Philippa is in limbo. Probably a good thing. The Finches are not lookers. But Philippa's in love. Yeah, but those parents. Yeah, I mean, the the kid. But she, (laughs) like, I mean, she's a Featherington. She's going to have to settle. True. (laughs) Very, very, very true. Kate and Edwina both think Anthony is handsome. And this Baron Corning dude shows up to ask Edwina to dance. And he's like seven feet tall. Who invited this lanky ass telephone pole to the ball? It's grotesque. Like, go play basketball, you gargantuan <laughs> schmuck. Basketball. Uh, Did you, yeah. know, you know what I'm talking about? That guy's so tall. He was tall. Ridiculous. Was big. Penelope makes a bee reference. I think that's a book thing. I already forget from season one. I think we learned something about bees, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there were just bees. Like, there were bees. Eloise filled her dance card with false names. She is definitely the, the smart one. F all this pomp. F all this pomp. <laughs> F all the pomp. Yep. Outside, Anthony shoots the shit with other rich boys and Kate eavesdrops. We've already established that he has high standards and is cocky. Like, why is she so mad about it? Why is she so mad about it? For the same reasons I was mad about it, because it sounds <sighs> very much like he doesn't care about the person as long as they check all the boxes for him to make an heir. <sighs> I would argue that if someone checks all the boxes, I would love them. Not if the boxes you were checking was not for love at all, but just for producing a good baby. I, but you're boiling it down to just that, and it is not just that. All of the things weren't, I want to have a good air. It's, I want them to be freaking talented, and I want them to have big old hips. Not just for the childbearing, because you want to grab them no, shits. He even you said them shits. for childbearing. <laughs> he didn't say he wanted to grab them shits. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Kate tells him off, and she takes Edwina, and they bail from the ball. Whistledown tries to influence the queen to choose her diamond of the season faster, and Anthony is basically waiting for that pick so he can just go after whoever that is. (laughs) Makes sense. Instead of courting Eloise, Ashdown, a.k.a. Little Lord Fontalfuck, just wants to play with marbles. He is something out of a bad dream. I (laughs) am scared of this little kid. Ooh, marbles. (laughs) Scared of him. Also, what is this game of marbles they're playing? They just roll them around and they hit the Get marbles stuck in the each cracks other. In the floor. And like, yeah. and like, whoa, I hit two other marbles with that one. 
Games back then were fucked. It's 1800. They did not have Marble Madness on NES yet, so they got to make no. do with what they got. Yeah. Oh, jeez. What a terrible time. And these guys are just like rolling around little glass balls and having a blasty <laughs> blast. <laughs> Different times. Lady Featherington asks Varley, like the housemaid or whatever, to see how much the candles could fetch. Talk about down and out. If I have to pawn my basic bitch Yankee candle collection to make ends meet, please just toss me in a river and put my head in a trash bag. It's over. It's over. Small candle anecdote. My wife got the coolest fucking lighter for candles that ever exists for her birthday. (laughs) It doesn't use fuel. It is electric and you charge it and it makes an arc of electricity between two points that you use to light the wicks. What? (laughs) It's sick. Listeners, I don't know if that is something you can put in the mail, but if it is and you want my address to mail me one, send me a DM, baby, because I'm going to accept one. (laughs) Yeah. Back to Bridgerton, though. Brother Benedict and Madame Delacroix have a weird moment. No idea what any of it means. (laughs) Anthony's sick of all these lame-ass broads, and Lady Bridgerton says he's going to end up alone if he doesn't cut the shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lady Featherington and Prudence both bully Penelope about her perceived relationship with Colin, but I just can't get mad at Mama F. Even her nightgown slay. She got them good garms. Good garms? Yep. Gross. Maybe she'd wear the the skin of Big Bird again last (laughs) season. Lady Danbury smokes a spliff, and then her and Kate spill the tea. We learn a couple things in their talk. A, Kate is not really Edwina's sister through birth. And B, if Edwina marries an English nobleman, they're going to win the white man lottery, and her grandparents are going to break the bank and take care of both the sisters and their mom, Lady Mary. Interesting. Yeah. So basically, in order for her family to survive and have high standing, she's got to marry off her sister. Here's the question. Isn't she kind of being a hypocrite? Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, you suck. You're marrying not for love. Hey, Edwina, you want to suck this white guy's dick over here? Or? You just have to marry an ugly white guy, please, for the love of God. Yeah. I, you yeah. Know, yeah. The queen's ball shines bright like a diamond while Rihanna, but on strings, plays. Eloise charms her majesty, and then she and Penn go hang out and chat about their feelings in a beautiful field of flowers. I thought this was when Penn was going to tell her that she was Lady Whistledown. Same. There were a few moments, uh, mm. this first, and even the beginning of the second, uh, the finale, but but yeah, this this moment specifically. I'm rather disappointed in Eloise in the length of time that takes her oh, to yeah. figure out who Lady Whistledown is. Yeah, she should have figured out way before now. So, so long. Back at the ball with the queen, though. The queen with a bunch of crap on her head. Names Edwina the Diamond. Anthony immediately dances with her. She meets all of his lofty criteria, and they both have a dead dad in common. Yeah. And then they like look at each other excitedly like, oh, (laughs) one more thing we have in common. Both our dads are dead. Yep. Weird. But Kate breaks that shit up as soon as she finds out why she'd be hating on this dude so much. I just, I know guys suck. I know them. Guys are bad. But Anthony's pretty decent, all things considered, as far as guys go. So in terms of the overall crop of boys, yes, absolutely. But I do feel like for Kate, the guy being able to have all of these different criteria, but if a girl did that even a little bit, they'd just get immediately dismissed and no one would love them ever is a Mm -hmm. little ridiculous. It is, but that's a whole other thing. That's the society, which I hate. This is is the society I hate. that, That is not Anthony's fault. Yeah, but the poor, poor Featheringtons arrive home to find their new daddy has arrived. He looks like if Michael Sarah was six five and ate too many waffles. <laughs> he 
He's the son of who they thought was coming, or at least that's what he claims. We find out later he's a real huckster, so I don't really know what I can believe out of this guy's mouth. Yeah, who knows who the fuck this guy is, right? <laughs> he literally could just be a random stranger. Yeah, I mean, they just believe that he is a Featherington, but who the fuck knows who this dude could be? Yeah. Yep. And to close out the episode, Whistledown narrates about how the whole naming of the diamond practice is bad business. Thank you. I've been saying, yo. I've been saying. Obviously, the queen just shouldn't say, like, this is the most eligible bathroom because I think she's pretty. Dumb. And that's the first episode. Well, let's get into episode eight. The Viscount who loved me. We start off pretty, pretty intense. Kate is lying on the ground, dirty, wet, and seemingly unconscious in a field. Anthony jumps off his horse and runs to her. It's raining. She's bleeding from the back of her head. I didn't realize we were watching Outlander now. Wild. Yeah, it was crazy. So he picks her up, carries her back, brings her home to the the Dunbury estate where everyone is trying to help get this figured out. Anthony blames himself. I don't know why. Yeah. And that's, that's the intro to this episode. Very intense. Now we come back, everyone is mad that Lady Whistledown has gone MIA. She is no longer posting anything, and everyone's everything's pretty stressed about it. Uh-huh. The Featheringtons have decided to throw a ball because they have a lot of money now. The Bridgertons' reputation is now bad, which I don't know how that happened. Lady Featherington's papaya-colored tropical gown drool, drool. It is a shame that her and her family are so extra. I hate you so much. I can't even fathom you loving them so They're so loud and delicious. They're loud and terrible is what they are. <laughs> Kate is still in a mini coma. You know, we know that she's been knocked out for like a week or so at this point, give or take. Eloise has apparently made a number of mistakes. We don't know what about, but uh, one of them seems to be dating uh, a printing press boy or hanging out with him, at least. I don't know about dating. What the hell happened to that giant, sweaty, balding printing guy? What are there, like 20 different print shops in this ton? (laughs) Did you mean to say town or did you want to say ton? Ton, that's what they call it. It's a ton. (laughs) Downtown Abbey. These fucking weird British people, they can't even say town. Okay. Yeah, I um I don't know. So in the in the first season there was a scene where Penelope said, you know, like printing presses are a dime a dozen in mm. this town ton. <laughs> so uh, so I don't know, maybe there are a lot of them or maybe maybe this kid took over that bald guy's printing press. Who knows? Okay. But yeah, the the Featheringtons are very excited about their ball. Lady Featherington is so excited when she figures out the name of the ball, which is the Featherington ball. <laughs> So original. <laughs> the queen's bored. She just isn't getting her lady whistle down and not happy about it. So she decides to just do some cocaine and chat with Lady Danbury. Oh, my God. Now I understand why the queen piles all that nonsense on her head. She's so high off that brown sugar that it would float away if not. She's just fucking hitting it hard. <laughs> yeah. New Lord Featherington is trying to convince Colin Bridgerton about some investment opportunity. Uh, so we see him in a uh, in in Will's bar. Will from the first season now owns a bar and he tries to stop Colin. Basically says like, you know, this dude's a swindler. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And Colin's like, this isn't true. But Lord Featherington, the OG pyramid schemer, because <laughs> this guy's <laughs> the worst. Yep. I hate him a lot. But he is he is worried. He he goes back and has a conversation with Lady Featherington, and he's kind of worried that his whole little scheme that they've cooked up is going to kind of come tumbling down because as they are running out of people to get to invest, eventually people are going to start looking for their investment back. So his great idea is like, let's just run away to America. And then a very weird scene happens. 
it just gets real awkward real quick. <laughs> and like he starts to slowly walk in and Lady Featherington's like looking up at him longingly and she closes her eyes and puckers her lips a little and he gets really close and then like walks away. And I was like, the them two shits just almost kiss? They almost did. They did. Who turned on the sprinklers in Featherington's wrinkly old cavity? Old tall Michael Sarah. That's who. That's who. But we also learned earlier on that the eldest Featherington girl is engaged to this man. I think they're cousins. So gross. Uh, I don't yeah. know with this man. But yeah, it's all it's all very, very weird. And Kate's finally awake. And she immediately asks if Anthony's been over to see her. They tell her no, and then she just closes her eyes and dies. No, she, <laughs> yeah, you know, she's just kind of disappointed about it, but, you know, goes back to sleep or whatever and rests. Anthony's been having kind of a hard time. We learned something interesting that he was the one who was like with his father when he passed away. So I don't know how involved he was in it or whatever, but the mom is talking about how like she wishes it was not him. It was her that had to take that on. Part of the reason I think that he is having trouble, especially with this instance, he was worried about losing Kate and it kind of somehow reminded him of that situation. Yeah, whatever's going on there. But yeah, so he is excited that she's awake, though, but still still very lost and sad and he cries and it's bad. Eloise is continuing to pursue Whistledown. So now we know that it's been a complete two seasons that she has not figured out who Lady Whistledown is. For a girl who is claiming to be smart and wanting to go to school and like be good at things, what the fuck is she doing? Yeah, but if season three isn't the Eloise and Theo love story, I'm out. Those two better hook up next season. Yeah, they seem like they would really work well together. So Eloise does run into to Penn while she's out uh, trying to pursue Whistledown. She's actually grilling... Uh, Ben basically tells her to just drop it. Just stop. You've already ruined your reputation. Like, people are not happy with the Bridgertons to begin with. Just, like, stop trying to do this. It's just going to ruin even worse. We do also see a quick scene of Benedict. Again, he's getting pretty good at painting. But we learned that the reason he got into some kind of painting or art academy was because his brother donated a bunch of money. So he's not too happy about that. Uh Anthony finally goes to see Kate. He apologizes to her for whatever he did wrong. No idea. And asks her to marry him. She says, well, once my sister's all settled and done, I'm returning to India. I find it funny that most of the people who love Bridgerton are females, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a leap to say that. A majority. I'm not saying it's all. It's definitely not all, but a majority. I would agree with that. But this show is about this ass backwards time in society where men just get to gallivant around doing whatever the hell they desire, you know, painting, banging prostitutes, whatever, until they're 30. And these poor girls hit 18 and it's like, put them in the bride circuit. Oh, they're 25 and not wedded or bearing child already. They're decrepit old cows with the Sahara between their legs. May as well grind them up for glue and turn their hair into book bindings. Like, woman, (laughs) why do you condone this stupid old British bullshit? Because each season is about a strong female character who refuses to get uh, involved or or get uh, overtaken by society's norms and instead makes their own fate and decides to choose a man for themselves. Okay, you've solved it. Yeah. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> I still hate it, though. <laughs> I hate the society. Daphne last season, Kate this season, is <sighs> just like... A dude is trying to, like, push a girl around, and then the girls are like, fuck you, man. And that's why <laughs> girls like it. This is a time where we're seeing that norm be broken. Good. It should be. This norm sucks. Yeah. 100%. 
Eloise is hanging out with Printer Boy, Theo. Uh, even though Penn told her not to, she kind of comes to her senses. And basically, as they almost kiss, she freaks out and is like, nope, this is bad. We shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to ruin your life and my family's life while I'm at it. And he's mean to her and basically says, like, stop being a rich, stuck up bitch. She cries. And that's the end of that. Poor Eloise. Yeah, poor Eloise. Kate and her sister do have a chat, though. God, they're both so goddamn attractive. They're both just very attractive. It's hard to watch it and not just let that overwhelm you. But they chat and we learn that Kate kind of fell in love with Anthony as her sister was courting with him. So she is apologizing for, you know, causing problems with that. I don't know how far into that they got. Mm -hmm. It's clear that Kate's kind of working through some stuff. She like she thinks she doesn't deserve to be loved and that she's letting everything down. Her mom basically tells her, shut the fuck up and stop being such a negative Nancy. It's all very nice and and cute. You're getting engaged to your cousin, so stop celebrating. (laughs) But we do arrive at their ball, the Featherington Ball, and Eloise uh, starts to chat with Penn, and finally, finally we kind of see it click. You know, we don't know until later, but you could kind of see it click on her face like she's finally getting there. Mm -hmm. And we also see Colin grab Penn. He brings her into a room and to tell her that new Lord Featherington is is a fraud. He shatters a necklace that he basically stole off right off of a girl's neck, showing that the gems are not real. Basically tells him to give all the money back and get the fuck out of town or I'm going to tell everyone and it's going to suck. He refuses to believe that any of the Featheringtons had anything to do with it, like any Mm -hmm. of the girls. Yeah, I guess gentlemanly, I suppose. Or sexist. So new Lord Featherington wants to move up their plans to head to the Americas. Says, you know, let's go tonight, tomorrow morning. Let's get the fuck out of here. You and I could go or we could bring the girls, whatever. Let's just get the fuck out of here. Take the money and run. Then he kisses Lady Featherington, and it is even worse than the almost <laughs> kiss from earlier. Yeah. It was bad, and I hated it. Colin does dance with Penn, though. He still hasn't put together the fact that she loves him, I don't think. Here's my theory. The last season of the show, it's going to be Colin and Penelope, but they do it in secret. They get married in secret because you can't spell Penelope without elope. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nope. Hate that. I hated that a lot. Kate and Anthony dance, though, to 1800s Miley Cyrus. Everyone else starts to gossip and slowly move off of the dance floor because, ooh, this is so scandalous. We don't want to be on the dance floor with these two. Okay, when Violin Wrecking Ball started up, I got hyped the hell up. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was very good. It was good. Queen is like, listen, they're great. Stop. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe she's the diamond or something like that. And then the Queen's like, they look great as a couple, don't they? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, then why aren't you dancing? <laughs> and this is the kind of the moment that I like the queen a little bit. She was just like, fuck everybody. Like, they're obviously in love and enjoy each other's company. So screw you guys. Just get on there. Yep. At this point, the queen turns to Edwina and says, hey, I've got a nephew that's a prince that you might want to meet. And Edwina's like, ooh, really? And that's the prince from season one. So that could be good for Edwina. He was really mm-hmm. nice and cool. Penn finds Lu- Eloise in her room. El is confronting her she was searching her room and finally found all the money in her floorboards and Eloise is not happy about it she's super pissed she's like I thought we were close why wouldn't you tell me this and she's like I'm sorry blah 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 but they aren't friends anymore she was just like totally pissed off I think this is why Penn is overrated like no matter how she tries to gussy it up in the end everything she does is self-serving and Mm -hmm. She's just a one-woman TMZ, and nobody likes those turds. How could you do that and then expect for me to be okay with it? Yeah. 
Yes, all bad. But Lady Featherington at this point finally figures out that new Lord Featherington is just a dickhole. And she pulls kind of one last scheme on him to basically say, like, no one's going to believe that a woman could help you come up with this plan. So I'm going to tell everyone that you did it on your own. So you're going to leave a bunch of the money with me and then you're just going to get the fuck out of here or I will ruin you forever and uh, get, sends him the fuck out of here. And I kind of like this move. Lady Featherington, not such a bad mom after all. If there's one thing Lady Featherington does, she does do everything for her daughters, mm-hmm. which is admirable. Yeah, and Jack Skeleton Sarah, you don't fuck with a menopausal lady in a bomb dress. You just don't. Yeah. You fight. You fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so good riddance that asshole, and good a point in the column for Lady Featherington, surprisingly. Yeah. Penn overhears Colin talking to some dudes, and he's just like, I would never, never court Penn. Are you crazy? Not in your wildest dreams. <laughs> so Penn just like runs off hysterically crying. Like It has not been a great night for her. Nope. But she got herself into her own damn pickle here. Anthony finally expresses his love for Kate to her. They meet in the garden, and she tells him that she loves him too, and accepts his proposal. Cue fireworks literal ones and also sexual ones yep and now we get the final end of end of season kind of like wrap up of a bunch of storylines and little details penelope is narrating at first as she narrates as colin apologizes to will at the bar and brings a bunch of people into the bar benedict closes his paint case very dramatically so i don't know what that means Eloise has ripped up all of her whistle-down stuff to the big pile in the middle of her room. And then we see that Penn kind of comes to the conclusion that the only thing she can do is keep writing, and she starts to write, and then the narration transfers from Penn to our Lady Whistledown narrator, which I thought was kind of cool the way that they did that. Yeah. And then we see Kate and Anthony, who are married and fucking real good, and she has extremely pointy nipples, uh-huh. and then... We do see them kind of wrap up and then head down to the rest of the family. We see that Daphne is there with her baby, baby Simon, which is absolutely adorable. No Simon to be seen, though. No. But the rest of the family is there and they're going to play some croquet and have a great, great grand old time. And that's the end of season two. Okay. A, croquet is my shit. B, I kind of want Kate's purpley mesh gloves that she had at the end there. I would be unstoppable of those things. Mesh like Avril Lavigne looking gloves. Oh, I loved them. Yeah, they're very punk rock. What a perfect way to close out the season. We get them pointy brown nips. We get a quick butt shot. A crying Penelope. I was really concerned that we were not going to get to see one of our new favorite characters naked. Mm-hmm. And I was happy that we did, you know? Yeah, we saw Anthony's butt in the beginning in the we Nirvana did montage. See butt. Pause it real quick. I think you I think get a little get bit the of his tip balls. Of a yeah, oh, I or, think it was or his balls. Ball. Yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a little, a little <laughs> extra hanging, you know? <laughs> I noticed that too. God, we're the worst. We're like, <laughs> what has this podcast done to us? <laughs> Like I immediately, like it was the first thing I did was look to see him. I gotta see this if I let me look down here and make sure I see it can tell if I see this boy's pee pee because I need to know. I need to be mm-hmm. able to talk about it on this podcast. I want to yep. be informed. Can I see his penis? Yeah, it's true. These are the kind of details that we bring to you. We're yep. constantly looking for extraneous pee pees everywhere. Yep. Certainly are. Yep. <laughs> and that is the first and last episode of Bridgerton season two. Before we dive into our questions, let's hit up a center commercial. Oh, yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by the fact that you're going to go and rate and review our podcast 
everywhere you listen to our podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by you. Aren't you so excited and happy about that? Mm -hmm. It's brought Mm -hmm. to you by you because you went and rated and reviewed our show on all of the different platforms and you gave us a bunch of fives everywhere. It's crazy. It's crazy how that works. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep this this wonderful relationship we have going and, and go and do all the things. Yes, please. And while you're at it, if you want, send us an audio message at podinbox.com slash the center cut or an email to the center cut cast at gmail.com or you could hit us up on all the different socials you know twitter instagram facebook you know the center cut everywhere you can figure it out i believe in you me too please and thank you thanks all right david we have a lot of questions so let's dive the hell right in we're starting with facebook our first question is from meredith k And she asks, why does Anthony hate the thought of falling in love so much? I think it's clear that he likes to be in control. You know, he wants to pay the bills. He wants to, you know, he has his requirements. And when you fall in love, you lose control. Your heart is the leash and your body is the dog or something. I I think that analogy works. But I also think that he grew up around his mom who lost a spouse and he's scared for that to happen to him. Literally the exact same thing on both accounts. (laughs) He's all about logic and calculated decisions and having control and love is too emotional and in you just inability to control it. Yep. And also he just never wants to feel the emotion of losing someone. And because he was so close to losing when he lost his father and seeing how that affected his mother, I just don't think he wants to feel that or feel what he felt again. Yep. We both nailed it. Yep. Feeling confident. Next question from Facebook from Leonie T. Why is Kate so determined to put her sister's happiness in search for love first before her own? So I think we answered this before. It's just because she's a hypocrite, but also because I don't think she believes that she deserves love. I think that in her mental state, she has just kind of convinced herself that she doesn't deserve that. So she is trying to get it for her sister so that at least one of them can marry a rich white man and get a bunch of money from their grandparents or whatever. I like what you said there. I I was focusing on the second part. We learned that Edwina will get a big dowry from her grandparents and then Kate and Lady Mary will get taken care of also. But I also think you're right that she also doesn't feel like she should be loved for whatever reason, probably because the stupid society has beaten her down to think that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Terrible. Senj Z asks, how does the death of Anthony's father play an important role in the unfolding of the relationship between Anthony and Kate? So this goes back to what I was saying in the first question. I I think he's just scared, man. Like he doesn't want to let go of control and dive all the way in because he has that fear in the back of his mind that Kate could die and then he'd be a forever widow. Exactly the same thing. He just doesn't. He's afraid that the loss that you could feel from someone leaving you is greater than the gain you get from having that love to begin with. David, this is the first time I think in Tenercrat history that we've had the same answer for three questions in a row. Basically, yeah, we're just like <laughs> we're just like on the same page. Yeah, I don't like it. These, I mean, these ones, I feel like we're like really, really spot on in these first three. I think so. It's got to be the answers. Yeah. What if it's something crazy like, you know, his father came back to life and punched her right in the tit? <laughs> I would pay for that show. It really ruined their <laughs> the, the, their new budding relationship when yep. she got punched in the tit by his ghost of a dad. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Uh, next question from Maria C. Who does the queen think is Lady Whistledown? I think we're going to agree on this one, too. 
I think it's Eloise. I think it's kind of hinted at, but I also think that after asking Eloise a number of times to try and figure it out and Eloise not being able to and the queen believing that Eloise is capable of doing so, similar to how we did and we're mad that she didn't figure it out. Yeah, the answer is Eloise. Lock it in. I You just you read between the lines and I think Penelope wrote about how Elle was hooking up with the print shop kid to give a reason for her always being there because that's probably why the queen suspected. Like, hey, why mm-hmm. is this girl always going to the print shop? And yeah. I think that's what caused the fallout between two of them once l finds out pen is whistle down and and you know again i I get pen's intent like hey i want to try to protect eloise to give this reason for why she's doing this but i guess just come up with something that's still also not damning (laughs) yeah but pen also dragged marina through the mud in the first season just because she liked colin and she was trying to marry colin (laughs) so like (laughs) Penelope's not a good character. Uh, yeah, no. I, I like, like I think I kind of think she's more villainous than than like Lady Featherington at this point to me. Yeah. Personal. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, our next question comes from Nikki B. Why is Anthony so annoyed during Paul Mall? Those are the old lady cigarettes, right? That's yeah. the only Paul Mall I know. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not that though, but it's probably some like silly British thing, like a horse race or something. And I think it's because he bet on a horse to win. He, except he didn't wager money. He bet that if his horse won, Kate had to do some old ride him cowboy, some reverse cowgirl. But sadly, his horse lost. Interesting. Kind of in the same vein-ish. I did find out what Paul Mall is. Oh, kind okay. of almost accidentally. I was researching croquet, and this was apparently a game that was before croquet. It was very similar. Oh, it was kind okay. of like a combination of bocce and croquet. It was on like a long court, and you like had to ah. get it through. It was like bocce, croquet, and golf all combined. But it was like precursor to croquet. And yeah, so I think that we could even see it at the end is that him and Kate are both very competitive. So I think at some time along the way, they play Paul Mall and she beats him and he is not happy about it. And like, I think like for him, especially like and society, assuming that like, how dare a girl beat the guy at a at a sport? Yeah, I um now that I know what Paul Mall is, I, I would have given the same answer as you. So we're still... Shooting pretty yeah. pretty similar here. All right, next question from Bobby W. Why was Colin Bridgerton yelling at Will Mondrick? So I think that Colin keeps on getting like sold as this young kid. It was in the the end of, of last season two with Marina and everything. And I was like, you're far too young to be doing this where he's the same age as the girls that are being forced into marriage. But he's he could take whatever time he wants. Uh, I just think that he's like tired of being treated as like other other than the really young brother. He's like the youngest of the three older brothers. And like, I think he just is constantly getting treated like a kid and he's just tired of it. And it's like everyone trying to protect him and shit is like, I can make my own fucking decisions. Like, get off, get off me, bro. Yeah. This is where we diverge. Uh, Will is bartender boy. Mm-hmm. So I think that Colin orders a drink, the redheaded slut, which is just Jaeger, peach schnapps, and cranberry juice. But he says, William, good sir, a redheaded slut, please. And Will is like, speaking of, where is Penelope? And he's like all mad about it because Will's calling her a redheaded slut. And it's a big thing. Wow. That's definitely wrong. <laughs> that explains why we diverge. <laughs> Our second question for Bobby W. Why were the Bridgertons and Lady Danbury essentially shunned? So I think the Bridgertons, because the Queen thinks Eloise is Lady Whistledown, mm-hmm. and Lady Danbury, because she probably stands to gain something monetary if Edwina does indeed marry a rich white dude like like Anthony, because I guess why else would she be housing the Sharmas if there's nothing in it for her? 
And so I think the queen is mad about that because she thinks she was tricked into naming Edwina the diamond. Interesting. So I think uh, similarly with the Bridgertons, I think that you're right. Eloise is probably the source of most of it. I wouldn't be surprised if you're you're kind of on the, on the right path there, Lady Danbury. But I also think that something may have happened where like Edwina and Antony were engaged to be wedded or maybe even if it was their wedding day but then they saw anthony kissing kate or something and it just like blew up into this whole big thing or came out in lady whistledown or something i think it's something involving that whole three that love triangle that weird love triangle yeah maybe maybe all right the next set of questions are all from reddit a reddit user banra yar 337 what is the mallet of death I think this is the mallet that Kate was using in that game of Pall Mall where she beat Anthony, so they they nicknamed it the mallet of death. The mallet of death? That's what I call my penis! No, I think this is referenced (laughs) in the last two minutes. It's the club that Kate has while they start to play croquet. And I, I think this isn't the first time they've played, and she used it to beat him. Wink, wink. What I'm trying to say is that Anthony has tried to put his balls in her wicket, if you know what I'm saying. Good croquet joke. Proud of you. (laughs) <laughs> what happens in Simon and Daphne's first scene together this season? They get it on. It's very short-lived, just like last season, and Daphne's eyes roll back in her head in boredom, and we don't see her again until the finale. We didn't see Simon in the first scene Daphne was in, and we didn't see Simon in the last scene that Daphne was in. And after we did season one, I seem to remember something coming out about the fact that Simon was not going to be doing season two. I think there's a trick question. I don't think there was a scene of Simon and Daphne. Ah, I like your answer. You might be right. All right, next question, same user. Where did Kate put Anthony's hand? On her, I guess. Maybe they're like dancing, dancing seductively, quietly somewhere, and like she like slowly kind of lowered his hand down on her ass. Ooh, I like it. I am going to say B-O-S-O-M, 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 and God, I hate that word. That's why I spelled it instead of saying it. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, to like feel her heart. Yep. It was really just like feel how cold it is. My nipples are like three inches long. He got stabbed with her pointy nipples. He's yeah. got a scratch down his arm because of her nipple. <laughs> All right. Our next question for Bonra Yar337. What does Kate smell like? Uh, this is going to make me sound racist. Yep. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway because I know I'm not. Kate's from India. Mm-hmm. She probably eats food with curry in them. Just That's just a geographic estimate. And a lot of curries have cardamom in them. And that shit's just like lemon peppery version of lavender. So I could picture her using some lavish cardamom soap. I'm going to go with cardamom. Yeah, so I kind of think this is this might be a little bit of like a, a racism thing even in the show of just like a, them naming things that are in India that she could smell like. So marigold and turmeric. So kind of in the mm-hmm. same vein. Yeah. And that is, listen, if anyone thinks that is racist, I don't give a fuck what you think because it's not. It's like, what are the odds that someone from America eats a cheeseburger? Pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking good. Yeah, I mean, like, what are the chances that I smell like avocado toast and regret? And it's (laughs) not not racism. It's just like I'm a white guy who eats avocado toast. So there's a good chance I'll smell like that. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next question. (laughs) Same user. Exactly how many people attended the Bridgerton's ball, not counting the Bridgerton's? Four. I'm going to use the logic that I do every time there's a question like this is asked. And I'm going to say it's zero. They are the only ones who show up to their own ball. Everybody else was forbidden by the queen. Zero and confident. I think that Kate and her family also show up. And that's and why Danbury. there's four. Yeah. 
You're wrong, but and that might be why they're all essentially shunned. Maybe because they she told no one to go and they went anyways. Well, Restful World asks, in what compromising situation does Madame Delacroix find Penelope Fellerington? In the print shop, using her fake Irish accent. Just makes too much sense. That's my answer. Yep. She catches their delivering whistle down stuff and then ends up being becoming part of the, the ruse. Yep. Next question, same user. Why does Anthony freak out when Kate gets stung by a bee? I think that's how his father died. I think he was allergic to bees and got stung by a bee. Yeah, I could have sworn there was a question about how Papa Bridgerton died last season, and and I am fairly confident that I guessed something about a bee sting. I, I yeah. think you're 100% right. I, I think that's why we see bees at the end of both seasons. It's mm-hmm. it's the dad, like, back to life, but as a bee, because that's what killed him. Came back as the very thing that ruined him. Right, so I'm going to come back as a heart attack. But I, I think yep. he thinks she'll die like his dad did. Shoot Frame Hang asks, where does Kate's first kiss occur on the show? On her lips, but I'm not saying which set, baby. <laughs> the worst. I think it's at Anthony and Edwina's wedding, as I alluded to earlier. I think they are at their wedding day, and Kate uh, can't take it because she just loves him too much and uh, and kisses him. I like it. And people see it, and it's very bad. I think both of our answers could be correct. Probably. She, her, some of her lips got kissed for sure. Yep. Our next question comes from Nefariousness number 2956. Which two people were caught in a compromising situation that ended up causing them to get engaged? I think this was Antony and Edwina. I don't think that he was fully ready to propose and something happened where they got caught by themselves or something like that somewhere and he had to uh, propose just to, to squash anything and prevent her and his name from being ruined. Oh, I don't think so at all. I, I think it's the oldest Featherington Prudence and freaking Scott Pilgrim Sr. Cousin Jack. Ooh. They were going, fuck, so now they're going to get hitched. There were some off comments in the finale that led me there. Interesting. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yep, it's dumb. But Nefariousness also asks, what happened at the gazebo? There's another few questions that I connect to this later, but I think Anthony is dancing on the wall part of the gazebo to show off his cat-like speed and reflexes. As Kate is boating by, he slips and falls in. Kate has to jump in the water to save him. Very, very sexy. Just all of it. Shit. Shit happens at the gazebo. We both could be right. No, I mean, I'm certainly right. Some kind of shit went down at the gazebo for sure. Next question from fine underscore following underscore 2559. Who ends up high as a kite at family dinner? Eloise. I think the queen gives her a bunch of cocaine to try and get her to admit the fact that she's Lady Whistledown. Wow. Number one, I think it has to be a Bridgerton or Featherington because they're really the only families we know. I guess there's the Sharmas, but. They'd be eating weird ass food like sardines with dinner. They're, like, yeah, they're that not would be defined dinner. as a family dinner. Yeah. Correct. So it's going to be either a B or an F. Oh, God, the B's and the F's again. Yep. Now, it's not the two young B kids, whatever their names are. Daphne doesn't live there, so I don't think it's her. I don't think it's Penelope because she needs to be lucid for her writing, so she's not going to take drugs. So we're down to Prudence, Philippa, Anthony, Benedict, Colin, and Eloise. Eloise would have no reason to do drugs. She just doesn't seem like that type. Maybe the queen gave her some, but I don't think so. Anthony seems to be too involved with Edwina or Kate to bother doing drugs. Prudence and Philippa never leave the house, so they're not getting any drugs. So that leaves Benedict or Colin. Colin seems like too much of a goody two-shoes to me. So that leaves art boy Benedict. And artists love drugs, so it fits like a glove. Benedict, final answer. The only reason I didn't say any of the Bridgerton boys was because if they were high, no one would care. (laughs) 
I mean, we've never seen anyone do drugs in the show other than the queen, so I think people would care. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, Enchanting Dragon asks, who fancies a lemon cake? Me. I fancies a lemon cake. Artificial lemon flavor is my jam. Real lemon can kiss my ass. Artificial lemon is better than real lemon. Yellow Starburst, second best Starburst of the original four Starburst. I said what I said. said Yellow Starburst is the best? Second best. What's the first best? Oh, pink. It goes pink, yellow, red, orange. I mean, as long as you say pink, I don't really care what what follows after that. But yellow's the worst. You're full of shit. No. Oh, my God. Pink, orange, red, yellow. Oh, no. It's pink, yellow, red, orange. Anyway. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, But in show, I bet it's that crazy-haired Lord Fantleroy piece of shit kid. (laughs) You're probably right. While he's playing with marbles. I want a lemon cake, mama. Ooh, lemon cake and marbles. Uh, The queen. It's what she calls her very special variety of cocaine. Ooh, I like that, too. We both have good answers. Yeah. (laughs) Next question, same user. Who is Nectar? The Bridgerton's pet bee. It's actually not a bad answer, Nectar. Like, come on. (laughs) No, based on the name, there's no damn way that it's not either A, Kate's horse, or B, a sex worker that Anthony bangs. Uh, But I think I'm going to lean horse on this one. (laughs) Oh, man. What a great stripper name, Nectar. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But it's Kate's horse. It's Kate's horse. It's not a bad guess. She has a Newton, Newton and Nectar. It's not the it's not a family bee. <laughs> That's what they named their dead dad bee. Yeah. <laughs> it's a special bee that they think is their dead dad. <laughs> uh, maybe oh that so so like I said maybe the go- we said that the ghost of him came back and punched punched Kate in the tit. Maybe the pet bee that they assume <laughs> is their dad reincarnate and stung Kate, and that's the reason that yeah. their relationship got off on the wrong foot. Maybe. Maybe. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's All why right. she's just out bloodied in the field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's got like a really powerful beast. <laughs> All right. Next question. Enchanting Dragon also asks, what happens after Kate goes on a boat ride? According to UrbanDictionary.com, boat ride is with a man laying on his back with his penis pointing upward towards his face. A female then sits on top of the man, placing her vagina lips around the penis and sliding back and forth. So I think after that round of a boat ride, just the tip. Oh, that's what that's called? Apparently. They end up properly doing it, and out of habit, he leaves some coins on our nightstand, which causes the rift between them. <laughs> out of habit. That's great. I think that she falls off of the boat for some reason, maybe because she got stung by Dad, Daddy Bridgerton. So she falls off the boat, and Anthony needs to dive in to save her. Okay, so you think Anthony's doing the diving in the water yes. i think kate's diving in the water and okay. i literally am only judging that off of the picture that you see when you load up bridgerton on netflix uh, it's a wet climb, anthony yeah. sexually mm. climbing out of the water with a wet shirt on and everything mm. okay mm-hmm. next question is from ebar 16 what did lord featherington and lady featherington's plan consist of incest <laughs> no i i mean it, it just uh, i feel like we we talked about this but just convincing convincing everyone to invest to give them money to invest in precious gem mines in the americas yeah all grown up evan from superbad has a bunch of fake ass necklaces like those ones you could win claw machines but he's claiming they are examples of the bomb ass rubies and shit that he can get from his mine over in America's, and if people give him money to invest in the mine, he can get way more jewels and divide them up amongst all these poor suckers who fell for that stupidity. And I think that Porsche is involved because she just gives him all of the leads with her dumb shit friends. Mm, makes sense. On the same page, basically. Yeah. 
All right. Ebar16 is also asking, what is the significance of Kate's bangles? They're obviously a gift from her dead dad. I'm so good at this. That's clearly the answer. I think that they are what gets hooked on some weeds underwater that prevent her from being able to to swim well and the reason that she has to be saved. <sighs> That's not a horrible answer. God damn it. That might uh, now I don't know. Now I don't know. <laughs> I was so confident <laughs> in my dead dad bangles that you might be right. Next question from opposite shirt seven four three two. What did Daphne find Anthony and Kate doing? Making out. Somewhere. I don't think they were fucking. I think the obvious answer is sex moves with that croquet mallet or or something else with their private parts. Yeah, I, I just don't know. Like the the sex at the end, see, it was so like triumphant in the, in like the show that I felt like that was the first time that happened. But maybe not. No, see, I don't think so, because I think that's why she thinks he's asking to marry her because they did it. And and she thinks maybe like, like she thinks he has to. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Bobby Beyonce asks, what did Anthony gift Edwina upon mistakenly jumping the gun? I think it's referenced in the finale. I think he gives her a wedding ring and you know what? Never mind. I was going to make some O-ring joke, but I'm, I'm better than that. So it's just wedding ring. Final Are answer. you? <laughs> I love when you say that kind of stuff because it means that you're not because you <laughs> did like subconsciously make the joke by mentioning that you're not going to make the joke. Yep. I think he gives her hyacinths. The, the flower, little girl. Oh. No, the flower that she is named after, mm-hmm. and then he tells some love story about blah blah blah. How he really likes his, his parents, sister. And okay, blah, and how, yeah, what she's named after and stuff, and yeah. Okay. Next question, same user. How did Anthony, I'm a gentleman, Bridgerton, end up in the water? Dove in to save Kate. Yeah, I covered this earlier. I think he's doing the moonwalk up on the side of the gazebo, and he self dunks himself. All right, dropped my tater tots. Ooh, Scott's tots. Mm. Dropped my tater tots. Asks, when does Kate get stuck in something? <laughs> hey, oh, ooh. No, th- this makes me think that your answer might be right. I think she gets stuck in the water when she jumps in to save Anthony. I think it's seaweed wrapping around her legs, like a scary movie. Oh, like in Harry Plopper. I think that she she falls off the boat and her bangles get stuck in the weeds, and that's when she's stuck. And Anthony has to dive in to save her. I don't hate it, David. Next question from Tater Top person. Why is Hyacinth... I can't say this word. Who invented this word? Hyacinth. Why is Hyacinth named Hyacinth? She was conceived during makeup sex that the Bridgerton parents were having after Lord Bridgerton gave Hyacinths to Lady Bridgerton to apologize for something that he did. So Hyacinth is the youngest daughter. Yes. It's all the people are in order. And what do bees like? Hyacinth. So her dad died before they got to name her. So that's why they picked it because bees like it. So they named it after the bee that killed him. Basically, yes. Basically, mm-hmm. this bee killed you and then flew right over to a flower. And we thought, mm, that's it. Yep, got it. <laughs> My original answer for this was just that she was conceived in a garden because everyone in this fucking show has sex in a garden. Fair point. All the time, but I thought better of it. All right, our last set of questions from Reddit come from Nina Bambina. Like it. There were two weddings shown this season. Whose were they? <sighs> okay, so number one, I think is I'm pretty confident that it's Philippa and that kid who has the ugly parents who just want dowry, like Fife or Finch or something. Finch. Finch. Okay, lock that one in. Two is harder. The only thing that makes sense is Anthony and Edwina's wedding, but it's called off before they actually finish it, like a like a Julia Roberts runaway bride type deal. My aunt made me see that with her at the drive-ins. I- can't believe I've seen Runaway Bride live. <laughs> but those are my two answers. I'm going to say Philippa and the Finch kid and Anthony and Edwina. So Anthony and Edwina for sure lock it in. 
that Philippa and Finch one is not a bad guess. But I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that it's Eloise's. But she ends up not getting married, but we almost see the wedding. To who? I don't know. Maybe oh. maybe she's she's about to get engaged to just one of those random fucks from the thing because she feels like she has to, but then gets caught hanging out with Theo and all hell breaks loose. Ah, that could explain why it's such a crazy bad, thing that bad, she's bad, hanging bad. out with the printer band. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it's crazy to begin with because guys can do whatever they want and girls cannot do anything. True. Which is shitty and the show sucks. <laughs> no. No. The show's good. The timing. The time sucks. Next question, Nina. Who dances together in the fan favorite Bridgerton ball scene? So I'm assuming that this isn't the final Featherington ball no, scene. No, Bridgerton ball scene. The one that nobody showed up to. You're right. Then it's 100% got to be Eloise and Benedict. I think that they're just, they're really close. And he, you know, I feel like he understands, you know, the things that she is going through sometimes. And they have that kind of relationship that he, he danced with her to make her feel better about no one showing up to their ball. I think the most logical answer would be Anthony and Lady Bridgerton herself, Violet. Not a bad idea. A mother-son type thing. Like, they've connected over Edmund's death, and it's all very sweet and not sexy at all. But they also do that that same peekaboo move that Anthony and they, like, move their hands over their eyes until they finally Hello. stare at each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, except this time, Anthony giggles like a toddler. <laughs> Interesting. All right, Nina asks, in a flashback scene, a younger Anthony is asked to make a very difficult decision. What were his two choices and which one did he pick? I had the toughest time with this one. This is one of the hardest questions. I'm guessing it has something to do with his dead dad, like the day of his bee death. And the day of the bee death. Yeah, I need to be like, Anthony, Anthony. I don't know why I said it like an Italian grandmother. What was it? <laughs> Pr- Prince Pasta night or something? Is that? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like Wednesdays? No. Okay. There's like a no commercial like, for Prince Pasta, and it's like, Anthony. Anyway, whatever. It's a, <laughs> nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. It's a Boston nope. thing, I think. He either could go bee hunting with Papa or stay home and play Tiddlywink or whatever the hell they played back then. What was that thing from The Witcher? Like Rat Bones or something? Isn't oh, that what they yeah. played? Rat Bones? I think it, it actually might have been called Rat Bones. It was like playing jacks, but with bones, essentially, is what it felt like. That's my answer. Either go hunt bees with dad or play rat bones. And he played rat bones and now regrets it. So I agree with you that I think that it was a something to do with his dad. I kind of think that it was something where someone else was also hurt, like one of his brothers or something like that. And he had to choose to save his father or to save his brother. And his father forced him to choose his brother because, you know, it's his brother. But yeah, I do think that it was definitely involved in, in B-Dad. I just think it was it was that somebody else was also in a bad in a bad way and he was forced to choose. Mm, that would be really fucking hard for some rough. <laughs> wow. I hope that's not the case, David. That's literally the single reason I'm not Batman. <laughs> because the Joker puts him in that situation all the time. Other than that, I would totally be Batman. <laughs> Everything fits. The wealth, the me being in shape. <laughs> Next question, same user. During the hunting scene, how many stags did Kate and Anthony shoot? Trick question, none. I'm with you. I, I think it's another trick question. I'm going to go with zero. I think that's the joke. I think that they go hunting, but they end up getting too busy making a tree stand in Anthony's pants, if you know what I'm saying. Or the only <laughs> moose they see is Anthony's moose knuckle, if you know what I'm saying. They each have guns, but the only thing that shoots off is Anthony's pew, 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 if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. They weren't hunting. They were grunting. It's all terrible. <laughs> <I'm> disappointed. 
<laughs> but we're both agree the answer is zero. We both agree it's none. I think that they do a bad job. They they can't do it, and then they're too distracted with each other, and then they say, Let, let's play Palm Mall instead, and they go and play croquet. <laughs> okay. All right. Lastly, when a sooner comes to woo Eloise, what kind of drink does she suggest he have? A nice tall glass of shut the hell up. <laughs> no, I, I actually bet it's that little gremlin kid, the marquee, and she tells him to go sip a glass of warm milk, i.e. like go to sleep, dude. I'm with you, dude. I don't necessarily <laughs> think it was a go to sleep, dude, but it was more of like a comment about how immature and young he is. And is like, I have this glass of your mother's breast milk. Cause does that does that work for you? <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we ended on the same page. We mm-hmm. we had more same answers this time yeah. than I think ever before in a TV. Episode. Yeah, I think that it is kind of easy to draw some lines about what happened in this season based on what we saw in season one and also what the, the information we got on either end. Unless we're completely wrong and it's just that Ghost Dad B punched her in the tit and then stung her in the, in the pointy nipple. Yep, right in the pointy nipple. There's so much area on those nipples to get stung. So much area. <laughs> All right, well, those were the questions about the middle. This is Bridgerton Season 2. David, the only way to wrap up naturally is with center counts. So I think this is one of the earliest center counts that we did in in Bridgerton Season Mm 1. And it was the first time that we ever did a theme song for it. And you just came up with center counts. I want to reintroduce it. So let's see. I think I'm going to give this. I gave this a 5 in Season 1. Wow. I think a 4 or 5. I don't know. I think I'm going to stay in that same vein. I actually kind of like it. Like, I watched all season one, and it, as much as it's just about a love story, which is kind of outside of my normal wheelhouse, you know, it's interesting and, and pretty good and, and pretty well done. So as much as it's a period piece, it's a really not. It's a period piece in theme, but it is not like in terms of no. the image or what, what anything is portrayed as, stuff like that. So I think that they tackle some hard themes like women not having many rights and all that bullshit in a way that is entertaining and interesting to watch. So five. I'm going to give it a three out of seven. It's higher than you did last season. I was going to say, I, I like this slightly better than season one, I think. It's never going to be my bag. It's well documented at this point. Like, I hate dancing. I hate British kings and queens bullshit. And I hate rich people practices. The show is chock full of all of that. But I do appreciate the diversity, the brightness, and Kate's pointy nipples. And at least in our ends, I got to see far more of Anthony and Eloise in this season, and I think they are the two best Bridgertons. Daphne just bored the heck out of me, man. I was not a fan of Daphne, and I know Simon was all the rage, but I could give or take Mr. Comes Too Quick, you know? And Kate, Kate was a pleasant addition this season, so. Definitely followed much more interesting people to watch this time around, for sure. Yep, and I also, so in the first season, it was like, nobody knew who who Whistledown was. I had, I had obviously guessed, we talked about that in season one, but mm. now I, I like it better in things when the audience has an answer, but we have to watch other characters flounder and not know it or figure it out. So I like yeah, that. I do too. So yeah, I, I like this better than season one, but I'm still going to go three out of seven because a lot of the things in it are things that I are just don't jive with me. Yeah, I can get that. Cool. Well, that is Bridgerton season two, David. What do we have coming up next? Our next full episode is going to be out May 11th, and we are going to be covering The Cabin in the Woods with our Instagram friend at Art by Kendra. Yes. So Kendra reached out about being a guest, and we share one Instagram friend in common in 
and that is Coral over at Wholesome Peaks. So this Art by Kendra person has got to be cool. Mm -hmm. And if you check out Art by Kendra's Instagram, there is some pretty, pretty, pretty amazing art. So go do yourself a favor, and I'm excited to chat with them about Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. But before that, we're going to have a center chat for our season two episode of Bridgerton. And we are going to be discussing if we would rather have more money, more problems or no money, no problems. Yeah. Do we want to do all that rich person shit or do we just want to be a, a poor peasant and eat bread? It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. As always, please do the things that we ask you to do in our ad. That's all, That's yeah. all I want to say Go about back it. Back and listen to it again and just really <laughs> solidify it all in your brain. Until then... Like the space you aim for between the rungs of the wicket with your mallet of death. It's always better in the center. 